What's up, church? My name is Jay Barbier, and it is an honor to be here. Uh, I come to you with greetings uh, from Dr. Randy Davis, our executive director at the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. I just want to thank you for what you're doing here in Dixon, but even in Tennessee, the U.S., and all across the world. You as a church, you can come together and make a difference for Christ. And we are so appreciative of that. The title of my sermon this morning is Following Instructions. I don't know about you, but I'm the type of person that if my wife wants me to do something, I'm always like, just give me a list. Because if I don't have a list, I'm going to forget about it. I'm going to take a little nap. I'm going to watch some TV. I'm going to do something else, and I'm going to forget. But it helps me. Huge, huge difference if I get a list. And we're going to look in the Word of God today where James gave us a simple list that if we were to do this list, there's a possibility it's going to gain us access to somebody's heart that we can then engage in a gospel conversation. Let me give you some, um, just to catch you up from what we've been doing this weekend. At D-Now, we discussed what does it mean to be the church? See, we are part of a family of God. And together, we have a purpose. And I believe the message this morning, we're going to be able to dive into a verse of Scripture. And that verse of Scripture is going to help us to understand because of our purpose, if we do this, we can tell somebody about Jesus. So if you have a copy of God's Word, I want you to go ahead and turn to the book of James chapter 1. James chapter 1. We're going to be starting in verse 19. It's on page 1132 in my Bible. As you're turning there, would you join me? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, thank you for an opportunity to come before you. God, we just sang praises to your name. God, you alone are worthy of praise. But I pray now, God, that as we dive into your word, your word would come alive. God, your word would open hearts. And God, your word would convict us. God, let us be a people after your heart. God, I pray that we would not just be hearers, but God, we would be doers of your word. God, call out if there's somebody in this room that does not know you as Lord and Savior. God, give them the courage, the audacity to trust in you, Jesus. But God, those of us that know you, God, I pray you would call us to action, that we would live your word out. So God, do a work. God, do a work in our midst. And God, I pray you would hide me behind your cross and God, use me as a mouthpiece of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. James chapter 1. Hope you're getting there, and I hope you have a copy of God's Word with you. But let me give you some backstory of this book. See, James was a brother of Jesus that had personally seen the resurrected Christ. He was an associate of the apostles. He was a leader of the Jerusalem church. And he was the earliest New Testament epistle writer. See, James was nicknamed James the Just for his devotion to righteousness. What a model for us all. 
I don't know what your nickname is, but man, I wish my nickname could be like Jay the Just. Because this brother is devoted to Jesus. See, this guy was an example for us because he was an example of Jesus. See, James wrote this letter to believers that had been scattered all around due to persecution. See, there was a literal cost to follow Jesus. Your very life was at stake. Yet sometimes we think we go through persecution because somebody disagrees with us. There are people today around the world that just by saying the name of Jesus, they risk their very life. Praise God, the luxuries we have where we are. See, James was very matter-of-fact. I love the book of James. The book of James, it goes straight to the point. We see that over 15 times he uses this word brethren. It meant family. And James just got straight to the point with his family. See, the truth is, sometimes we need to say the hard things. In fact, this is something that's going to be hard for us to hear sometimes. Because what we're going to read is not about us. It's about us coming to the point where we realize we know that we must die to self. And it's Christ that lives in us. Because everything we're, going to, we're called to do is the opposite of what our nature wants to do. So let's go to the book of James chapter 1. Verse 19. It says, Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and he goes away and at once he forgets what he is like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but being a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. James is straight to the point. See, James, this focal point in verse 22 this is the crux. This is the, that we must be doers of the word. And I think a lot of us, we've, we all know that. We've, we've heard that over and over again. We might even tell people that, hey, don't just say it, do it. But what, what James is talking about, this action that we must do is in verse 19. This doing is essential as a follower of Jesus. And I think we know about what is essential right now. We've heard it over and over and over again. But what James is literally saying is if you bear the name of Jesus, if you've been saved, if you say that you are a born-again believer, you must do this. This is what a genuine Christian's actions look like. See, James holds nothing back. See, actually seeing what the Word of God commands us to do is vital. This is crucial. This is necessary. 
in verse 19, this literally could be interpreted as this is of the utmost importance. I had one of those defining moments of my life uh, 17 years ago. My wife and I, we had just welcomed, uh, 18 months before that, we had just welcomed a little baby boy. Then we was welcoming this little baby girl. And we had no idea that we were going to be the parents of a child with special needs. The day she was born, she quit breathing. She was in NICU, neonatal intensive care unit, for nine days. We didn't know she would even make it. And then we had the... Honestly, the burden, we had no idea what to do. How do you raise a child with special needs? See, God wants to use us in our weakness. And if we allow him, see, when we are weak, God is strong. And God wants to use us in our circumstances. I taught the kids this weekend that, see, see, only joy can be found in Jesus. Everything else is temporary. See, joy in Jesus is not built on circumstances or situations. And I wonder who around us, if we just listen to them, we can hear their heart and then that will gain us access to have a conversation with them and we can tell people of the hope we have in Christ. See, 17 years ago, after my daughter was born, we found out she had a major heart defect. And in that, we were in a doctor's office And we heard a doctor tell us, hey, this is of the utmost importance. You need to get your child to a um, heart doctor immediately, and there needs to be a surgery. My wife and I did everything we could to take care of this. Because we knew that this was vital. This was crucial. This is necessary. Praise God, we had a heart surgery, and God performed a miracle. She's 17 years old today. And she, like, and look, don't buy into the lie that people say, oh, all, all little Downs kids, they're so sweet, man. She can be a demon child. <laughs> but God made her in his image. He made me in his image. He made you in his image, and he loves you. But James is talking about something that's vital, crucial, and necessary. We must live this out. James gives us three points of action. Church, if you were to do these three points of action this week, I really believe it'll give you access to have a conversation with somebody. The first thing he calls us to do is be quick to hear. See, to be quick to listen to God's word, but be slow to teach. See, so so often in our lives what we do is we, we hear somebody say something and we're quick with a response. But James is telling us, do the opposite. See, the the major truth in this is to see when we talk too much and we listen too little, we communicate to others that we are more important than them. We figuratively scream to others that our idea is so much more of importance than yours. Can we just be quiet? Can we just listen to others? Especially lost people. Somebody that is far from God, somebody that is hurting, let's just listen to them. Because maybe by that, by listening to them, we can start having conversation. If maybe it's, hey, this person's hurting. Let me love on them, encourage them. Look, I'm a Cajun. Grew up in South Louisiana. And in my culture, I found out that it, it, the quickest way to have a relationship with somebody is food. I think 
If you can get into somebody's belly, you can get into their heart. Man, somebody, you know, is hurting. My wife makes a pot of gumbo, and we gain access to that family. But maybe if we were to listen and we find out that somebody's hurting, man, do a meal for them. Bring them out. Bring them coffee. Bring a chocolate chip cookie. Like, just do something to gain access to a conversation. And see, I think that's what God is calling us to do because God wants us to love him and as we love him, to love others. I literally have a few people in my life that I'll call them because I have something important to tell them. And they will talk for 25 minutes, never stopping. And it's so aggravating. At the end of the 25 minutes, I'm like, I don't even know why I called you now. And what it was was they, they were very self-absorbed. But that makes me think, am I like that? Do I do that? When people call me, maybe they have something important to tell me. Maybe they just need to talk to me and they need me to listen, but am I selfish? See, God calls us to literally to reverse the process. We need to listen more and we need to talk less so we can find out what is going on around us. In this, when we listen, we can then become the hands and feet of Jesus. Because if we listen, then we can respond with care. The truth is everyone is watching us. We are living examples of Christ when we get to showcase the love of Jesus anywhere and everywhere we go. So First Baptist, what are you doing to listen to your neighbors, to your coworkers, to your friends, even to the people that you disagree with? What can you do to listen to them so that you can talk to them about the hope that we have in Jesus? Then James goes into the next command. He says, be slow to speak. It's the importance of controlling one's speech. It is one of the most popular things in wisdom literature. See, James encouraged effective and quick action. And this action he wanted to, it wasn't to be quick to speak. It was to be quick to hear. See, the content of this proverb, see, James was really, it was a modern day proverb at the time. Because everything you read, it was this proverb. Do action. Several months ago, my son was talking to me and he, he opened my eyes and I'm like, I'm, seriously, man, I paid a lot of money for a good seminary education and nobody ever told me that. That Proverbs is do action. It's like, what can we learn from kids sometimes? But this proverb, it's, it's telling us to be careful, to carefully listen and don't speak rashly because in that we can become very angry. This is wisdom and very wise advice then and so today. I believe, man, it, it would open up so many opportunities for us to engage in the gospel when we're quick to hear, we're slow to speak, and we're slow to get angry. See, the Proverbs 13, 3, it says this. It says, the one who guards his mouth protects his life. The one who opens his lips invites his own ruin. Proverbs 15.1 says, a gentle answer turns away anger, but a harsh words, harsh words stirs up wrath. Husbands, listen to that. Proverbs 29.20, it says, do you see a man who speaks too soon? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Listen more. It's hard for me because usually when I talk to my wife, she'll say, Jay, I don't want you to fix my problem. I just want you to listen been married for over 20 something years and it's hard to do that 
And I think we act the same way to the people on the outside of our home. Could it be that if we were to just listen to people, man, God would start burdening our heart to meet their needs. The fact is, see, our words matter. The what we say, how we respond, it matters. And I wonder if that's true, are we praising God with our words? Are we promoting the name and fame of Jesus with our mouth? Are you doing what the word of God tells you, commands you to do? The next call to action James shows us is be slow to anger. Simple, right? This is my sin of choice. Anger is something like when I get behind a wheel of my car, I turn into the Hulk. I don't know why I just get so mad. In all honesty, it's because I'm selfish. My nature wants to lean about, it's everything about me, but see, see Christ in me tells me to die to self, and it's only about Jesus. See, I think one of the, the hardest areas in my Christian walk is this, how can I not get angry? And really, it's not the anger that's the sin, it's my reactions. See, I want things to always go my way. I want people to learn how to drive. I want everyone to know and have my political views. I want people to know what they want to order when they've been sitting in a drive-thru for 10 minutes. It's like you go to Chick-fil-A, it's only chicken. Just order chicken. See, I want everyone to know Jesus the way I know him. And I want them to give everything to him the way I give everything to him. But see, when all these things don't happen, anger sets in. And then we have to decide how we will react. Ecclesiastes 7.9 says, don't let your spirit rush to be angry. For anger abides in the heart of a fool. Anger may not be fully controllable, but it can be checked by avoiding impulsive or reckless speech. And all we have to do is simplify our life by just lending an ear and being slow to speak. See, James connected quickness, a rashness of speech, and anger to an uncontrolled human emotion. See, God has not called us to live an uncontrolled life, but he calls us to live a life in obedience to his word. Not a, hey, please. It's a command of God. I don't know about you, but I, it makes me think back. There was a time in my life when I was 18 years old. I gave my life to Jesus. Lived 18 years of my life with knowledge, but no relationship with Jesus. I had religion, but I did not know Jesus. I just did the actions and things. But honestly, that was leading me straight to hell. See, God calls us to submit ourselves. When I was 18, I surrendered my life to Jesus. That meant I died to self in this Christ that lived in me. Have you experienced that? See, if we were to do what James is telling us, we can't do this on our own will. But we can do this by submitting ourselves to life in Christ. Letting the Spirit of God control us. And when we mess up, and we ask for forgiveness. Maybe... If we were to live a repentant life, people are going to watch us. And when they ask us those questions, we can just listen. And then we can tell them the truth about the hope that we have in Jesus. See, if we were to practice cautious responses to people verbally, angry, angry emotions, they become and get put in check. 
And the only way that peace can prevail is for us to be ready listeners, slow commentators, especially in heated situations. Maybe we just went through something that this would maybe even come into effect this week. I mean, think of all the political unrest, the social injustice, the, the racial tension. There's so much that we're watching and seeing and going through even today that could we learn from what James is telling us? That maybe it's not just about what we say and what others say? Because listen to this. See, these verses speak of anger that erupts when our ego is bruised, when our opinion is not being heard, when injustice and sin occur, we should become angry when others are being hurt. See, but we should not become angry when we fail to get our point across. We should not become angry when our view isn't the view being highlighted. See, God has called us to die to self, and it's Christ that lives. This is hard. But see, the life in Christ is not meant to be easy. That's why we are to die to self. But all of this is because of the anger of man. See, when the anger of man is directed at wrongdoing, it fails to recognize that people can't change someone else's heart. See, only God can. Anger or fixing anger does not produce righteousness of God. Only God does that. See, sin is a problem in all of humanity, and we individually must deal with this. See, I bought into the lie before I got saved that as long as I'm a good person, as long as maybe my grandparents were good people, my parents, they, they, they told me to do this certain thing. I thought everything was good, but see, sin has to be dealt with individually. That's why Jesus left heaven, came to earth, lived a perfect life, and died on the cross. Isn't it beautiful that our faith is so different than anybody else's faith? See, every religion in the world, it's what can you do to go up the mountain to get to God? See, our faith is so different, but see, because our Jesus came down the mountain to us. That's grace. It's grace. It's forgiveness. He lived and walked the way we walked. And he calls all of us to come to him, to abide in him. See, Romans 10.9 tells us and teaches us how we can be saved. It doesn't matter what your skin color is. It doesn't matter what your political views are. It doesn't matter if you're tall or short. It doesn't matter if you look good or you're ugly. See, if God could save me as a Cajun, he could save anybody. And God called me out of my selfishness to surrender my life to him. And Romans 10, 9 says, this is how you can be saved. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the grave, you will be saved. That is a promise of the word of God. And it is not a work of man. It is a gift of Jesus Christ. Is there somebody in this room that needs to hear that? Is there somebody outside of these walls that need to hear of the hope of Christ? And I believe that we're going to have access to people's heart if we just listen. If we just bend an ear and listen to them. Because there's so many people hurting right now. And God has called us to care for them. And when we care for someone, we have to tell them why we do what we do. We do this because, see, I love Jesus and Jesus has called me to love others. I believe if you were to just follow these three simple steps this week, 
God's going to give you access to somebody's heart. The beautiful thing is, see, God does the saving. God just calls you to be the messenger. My challenge for you is, number one, if you've never trusted in Jesus, knowing that you're a sinner, that that sin has separated you from God, you need to trust in Jesus. You don't have to worry about cleaning up your act. See, Jesus says, come to me, and he relieves you of all the burden. All we have to do is come to him and lay it all at his feet. And he forgives us. But if we're a believer, if we've been saved, born again, God is calling you to be a person of action. That this week, that you need to be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. I believe God is going to use you to live out the Great Commission. That as you go, you're going to go make a disciple. What are you going to do this week? What would it look like for you to maybe ask somebody and say, hey, am I a person that listens? Am I a person that's slow to speak? Hey, do I have an anger issue? Because I know when I ask those questions, I've got to humble myself. And I've got to be teachable because when somebody tells me the truth, it calls me to action that I need to change. What are you going to do with the gospel? If you don't know him, I pray that you trust in Jesus. If you know him, I pray that you promote the name and fame of Jesus. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that you call us to action. God, that you, you love us enough that you, you came and to set us free and to save us. But God, as, as a follower, God, you have called us to tell others of your love, of your grace, and of your mercy. God, I pray that you would do a work in this church. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.